0: Good afternoon, brothers and sisters, it's a great blessing that we may be here again to join together in worship of our Triune God. A hearty welcome to all you are present and to all those who have joined us via live stream this afternoon. May the preaching of the gospel, of the gospel message direct our hearts and minds and faith and trust to our Savior Jesus Christ, and cause us to live our lives to the praise of Him. Consistory has the following announcements. The Lord willing, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper next week Sunday in the morning service. Brother Dayton Plater has been called to the Free Reformed Church of Mount Azura, as well to the Canadian Reformed Church of Dunsville East. Please pray that the Lord may show Brother Plater where he wishes him to serve. You are are so reminded to continue praying for our Reverend Poppy as he considers his current calls. With much thankfulness to our Heavenly Father, we can announce that candidate Tim Sla has accepted the call to Southern River to be a missionary in Port Morrisby, PNG. And this afternoon the worship service will be led by Brother W. Spiker. Before we commence the service, let us sing together hymn 42, verse 1, 2, 4, and 6.
1: Brothers and sisters, let us stand as we worship the Lord. We confess that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Congregation, in response to God's greeting, let us sing Psalm 68 verses 2 and 7. Let us now make confession of our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, uh, after which we will sing hymn 7, verses 1 and 3. And let everyone say in his heart, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Morn of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church Let's now humble ourselves before God in prayer and ask him for a blessing over this worship service. Almighty Triune God, we may come again into your presence on this Sunday afternoon. And we do so with thanks and praise in our hearts. We come to you, Triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We may confess you as our Father, as the one who made us, as the one who provides for us in your great love, the one who sustains us day by day. And Father, you are the one who, uh, in your love, you so loved the world that you gave your only Son that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life and so we also come to you as god the son the one who laid his glory aside the one who came down from heaven who became man became one of us father such an awesome reality to think uh, that you came to earth uh, in order to perform the righteousness that was required of us in our place. Our Saviour descended, he lived on earth, he died for us, yet he also ascended into heaven. And this afternoon we may uh, focus on that ascension and what it means for us also in our lives today. We have a living hope in heaven, our head to whom we may be joined as the body, as the church, from whom we may uh, receive also uh, your Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts. And Father, we pray that you may uh, illumine our hearts with your Holy Spirit also this afternoon as we (coughs) open your heart, as we open your word. Father, your spirit that Already works in us indeed your spirit who has worked in us to come here again this afternoon to uh, look forward to fellowship fellowship with you fellowship with one another Uh, and so we pray that you may bless uh, the reading of your word you may bless the gospel father we thank you for that gospel in our Lord Jesus Christ the gospel which is the power unto salvation for all who believe. And we pray, work that faith in our hearts and confirm that faith in our hearts also this afternoon as uh, we uh, may again come together. We pray so for your blessing uh, over us during this worship service and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I invite you then to take your Bibles, where we'll read from uh, three passages in the New Testament. We'll read a section from uh, John's Gospel and also from Ephesians and from Hebrews. Uh, so, first, then, we read from John chapter 14, uh, which is at page 1070 of your guest Bible. Uh, So John chapter 14, where we will read from verses 15 to 31, where Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I'll no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. And uh, we move then to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, which is at page 1159. Uh, and Ephesians 1 we'll read from verses 15 to 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Uh, And then our final reading is from Hebrews chapter 7, page 1191. So Hebrews 7, we'll read verses 20 to 28, uh, where it's speaking in the context of uh, Jesus being a, a priest after the order of Melchizedek, so verse 20, and it was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. So far the reading of scripture, Uh, we'll now sing Psalm 24 verses 1, 2 and 3. The sermon that we'll listen to this afternoon was written by Reverend R. Breedenhoff, uh, who's now a minister in our Canadian sister churches, a professor at the CRTS, and uh, his sermon is based on God's word as summarised in Lord's Day 18 of the Heidelberg Catechism. You'll find Lord's Day 18 at page 532 of your book of praise. What do you confess when you say he ascended into heaven? That Christ, before the eyes of his disciples, was taken up from the earth into heaven, and that he is there for our benefit, until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Is Christ then not with us until the end of the world, as he has promised us? Christ is true man and true God. With respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace and spirit he is never absent from us. But are the two natures of Christ not separated from each other if his human nature is not present where his divinity is? Not at all, for his divinity has no limits and is present everywhere. So it must follow that his divinity is indeed beyond the human nature which he has taken on and nevertheless is within this human nature and remains personally united with it. How does Christ's ascension into heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven before his Father. Second, we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends us his spirit as a counter-pledge By whose power we seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God and not the things that are on earth. After the reading of the sermon, we'll sing hymn 38 verses 1, 2, 3 and 4. Beloved in the Lord, if you've ever taken a flight, you know that there are two critical moments, takeoff and landing. Call it ascent and descent. The same two critical moments mark the earthly life of Jesus, ascending and descending. It was on a day soon after his resurrection that Jesus departed from his disciples, taken up into the sky. He ascended. And that moment has its corresponding partner. Jesus went up, but only after he came down. That's what we've looked at in some of the previous Lord's Day, previous Lord's Days. Remember Lord's Day 14? It was all about the incarnation of our Saviour, how he was clothed in human flesh and born of a woman it was about how Christ came down. He left behind the glories of heaven, his high position as God's own son, and came to this world as a mere man. He descended all the way down to the point of utter shame and misery as the object of the Father's wrath. But because of his great afflictions, Christ was also lifted up. He had come down to obey his father's command. He loved the Lord's people to the greatest extent, and so he earned his reward. First, he was lifted up in the resurrection, which erased all the shame of the cross and vindicated all his suffering. And then he was lifted up in the ascension, taken into God's presence and exalted to the highest place. This descent and ascent are key to the earthly life of our Lord. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And this is our focus this afternoon. God's word as summarised in Lord's Day 18. Christ has ascended into heaven's glory, where he is firstly benefiting us, his body. Secondly, praying for us to his Father. And thirdly, dwelling with us by his Spirit. So the theme, Christ has ascended into heaven's glory, where firstly he is benefiting us, his body. We don't usually like it when people move away. When those whom we love move to a different country, or even to a different congregation, there can be some sadness. Things are going to change. The relationship might be harder to maintain. This was certainly true for the disciples. When Jesus was preparing to ascend, his followers were troubled. They wondered why their master was leaving, and how they'd survive when he was gone. They didn't see any benefit to his departure. It seemed like a strategic setback for the kingdom. But Jesus assures his disciples of his grace by speaking these amazing words. John 14, verse 27, "'Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.'" Things were going to change, but the bond between Jesus and his people will continue stronger and more real than ever and he promises that for those he left behind there are going to be rich and lasting advantages. That's one of the first things the Catechism says about the ascension of our Lord. It says in question and answer 46, Christ was taken up from the earth into heaven and he is there for our benefit. He didn't ascend to get out of work, to retire from the business of church building. Nor did he ascend to avoid us and all our annoying problems. He went to heaven for our good. One of the texts the Catechism refers to illustrates that truth very well. Underneath question and answer 46, the Catechism mentions Luke 24 verses 50 and 51. That's a description of the last moments of Christ on earth, that scene of departure on a hill just outside Jerusalem. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, Luke writes, Christ lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Try and picture what was going on at the hill near Jerusalem when Jesus has hands lifted up as he ascends. It's kind of like when we stand on the front steps and keep waving as Grandpa and Grandma's car drives away. We keep waving, holding on to those precious last moments of contact. But what Christ does when he ascends is even more powerful. He's not just lifting up his hands to wave but to bless a final benediction before he goes. That's how the disciples saw him go back to the Father with hands outstretched in blessing. What a powerful reminder for the disciples and for us. What a beautiful assurance of the Master's lasting love. Even now that he's gone from the earth, his blessing continues It's a benediction without interruption, no hindrance, no stopping. Hands outstretched so that he can bestow his good gifts upon us. To explore this a bit further, consider the wonderful ways Scripture speaks of our connection to Christ. It says that Christ is the head, and we are his body, the members. That's a revealing image, because we know from basic biology that the head gives the body its direction. So for Christ and for us, the head gives life to his body. The head gives purpose to his body. As living parts of Christ's body, united to him by faith, we share in his power and goodness. Our head might be in heaven, but there's no separation. We are still so intimately joined to Him. Paul speaks to this in the latter half of Ephesians 1. There he writes about the ascension of Christ, and he describes the seating of Christ in verses 20 and 21 at God's right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality. And power and might and dominion, it means that Christ is seated in heaven as a king with unlimited authority he's a sovereign with boundless power, a lord without any opponent who can defeat him. More than that, Christ has a clear focus for his reign ephesians one verses twenty two and twenty three God put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. He governs with us at the front of his mind. He's directing the decisions of kings and presidents and prime ministers for our benefit. He's holding in his power every material thing, every physical condition, every spiritual reality, anything that might ever have an impact on us, his people. Christ, as head over all things for the church, means he is stronger than depression. He is stronger than cancer. He is mightier than the devil and all his hosts, and wiser than every godless opponent. In heaven, our Saviour is ruling as King of Kings. Our redemption is his abiding goal. Beloved, let this truth give you a sure confidence. With Christ as King, we have no reason to be afraid. Fear is such a natural reaction for us, such a basic part of being human. We're scared to be out of control, scared to feel alone in this world, scared to face opposition. But with Christ in heaven, our lives are secure. Remember what he said to the disciples? Let not your hearts be troubled. (coughs) Neither let them be afraid. Fear not, because your life is under the care of the Good Shepherd. Remember that his hands are constantly outstretched over you in blessing. And this takes us to our second point. Christ has ascended into heaven's glory, where he is praying for us to his Father. During his time on earth, Jesus was always praying. The Gospels tell us that Jesus often went to quiet places for prayer. This was his lifeline connection to God, the way he'd receive strength and wisdom and peace. And when Jesus prayed, we know that he prayed not only for himself, but also for others. There is a beautiful example of his prayers of intercession. In John 17, there he prays at length for his disciples and for all believers. They say that you can tell a lot about a person by how they pray. Prayer gives a window into the soul. If that's true, then John 17 shows us the kind of heart that Jesus had for his people. There he prays with deep compassion for us with a powerful longing for our good, and with a steadfast concern for our cause. You can hear very clearly that Jesus wants what is best for his people. These were the ones whom the Father entrusted to him, so he brings them to God's throne. And this is what the ascended Christ continues to do. He prays. The Catechism says in Question and answer 49. He is our advocate in heaven before his Father. For Christ is in heaven not only as a powerful king, but also as our devoted priest. We tend to focus on the work of sacrificing that was done by the priests in the Old Testament. But another task was the work of praying, confessing the sins of the people and interceding for their needs. On Israel's behalf, the priests offered up thanksgiving for God's rich gifts, and they asked for his continued blessing. Constantly, the priests petitioned God for his people, asking the Lord to hear and to answer. In that same tradition, Christ, our great high priest in heaven, is offering up petitions to God. Paul tells us this in Romans 8, verse 34. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Sitting beside the throne of God the Father, perfectly one with him in every way, Christ is in the best position to speak to the Father on our behalf. Our reading in Hebrews 7, verse 25, puts it this way. Christ always lives to make intercession for us. Notice that prayer isn't just a sideline activity for him, something for him to do when he's not busy ruling the universe. No, Christ is fully devoted to praying for the good of his people. He won't neglect it, won't forget it, because he lives to do this. He lives to open up our way to the Father. Reflect on what a great blessing this is. God in heaven isn't obligated to pay any attention to our concerns or listen to what we say. He could well ignore us in our sin and rebellion. Yet everything is different with Christ seated at his right hand. For the Father looks on Christ and he is reminded constantly about the one basis and ground of our salvation his beloved son went down and offered the one-time sacrifice of blood to make us his own, to secure our salvation. No further persuading is needed. When Christ prays, the Father listens. Says Hebrews about our Saviour, such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, blameless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, Hebrews 7, verse 26. In perfect holiness, Christ is in a league of his own, so different to our sinners. And yet Christ prays with real understanding. During his earthly ministry, he was surrounded by people who were just like us, conceited people, frail people and forgetful doubters, warriors, and complainers. So Jesus knows how our faith today can be so fragile and so small. He knows how hard it is for us to stand firm under temptation, how hard it is for us to do the will of God. Christ knows our condition and he prays for us with understanding. Do we think about Christ's prayers or value them as we should? When we're filled with anxiety about our children or feeling trapped in our sin or struggling in one of our relationships, then we can be comforted in knowing that the Father's eyes are already upon us. Even before we have thought to pray about it, or even as we struggle to put it into words, Christ is bringing all our needs, great and small, Constantly before the Lord our God. The Father knows what we need, even before we ask him. The Belgian Confession speaks of this in Article 26, which deals with Christ's intercession. We believe we have no access to God except through the only mediator and advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. For this purpose he became man that we might not be barred from, but have access to the divine majesty. Christ reunites us to God, and he tells us and shows us that we can trust in the Father. How we need these prayers of our Saviour. As we said, sometimes we don't know what to pray for. You've had hands folded but struggled to express the grief, the fear, the guilt. Or you struggled to pray because your heart felt empty, like God was impossibly far away. Then too, Christ is there and Christ is praying. Other times our prayers may be pretty incomplete. The day went by, the whole week went by, and we forgot to pray for forgiveness. or for for protection against the devil's temptation or for God's gift of wisdom. So we shouldn't have received these things, but we did. For even when we're unfaithful in prayer, Christ in heaven prays for us. And here's another wonder of it. Christ our Saviour sees right through whatever troubles or confuses or overwhelms you today. The eternal Christ is able to see clear over the obstacles that lie before you because he's already been to the other side. Not only that, but Jesus prays in complete agreement with the will of God. We don't always know what is God's will for us, whether it is his will that we make this decision or some other, whether he wants us to keep asking for something or whether we should move on. So we pray hesitantly, Not my will, but yours be done. But Christ, seated in heaven, understands exactly what we need. He understands the Father's will. And he prays to the Father in this way. Beloved, I have a question for you. If you know that Christ, your heavenly advocate, is praying for you every day, is that a reason for you to pray more or to pray less? What could we ever add to his perfect prayers? But Christ's amazing gift is that he has opened our way to the Father. Through Jesus, even our weak prayers have a powerful impact. This is why scripture says, pray without ceasing. Pray in Jesus' name and pray without giving up. Rather than having God far from our thoughts most of the day, Praying continually is always being a moment away from turning to him. We pray some words of pleading for a loved one who comes to mind. We pray with thanksgiving for a new gift. We pray a word of praise for God's work in creation. We pray to ask God's guidance, his help, his mercy. We can pray at any time, for we pray in the full assurance of faith. The Father will hear me because I belong to his Son, and I'm united with him. Pray for one another too. In this, we also follow the example of Christ, our heavenly advocate, making intercession for our brothers and sisters in faith. Let our prayers reveal the kind of heart we have for other people, where we know them, we listen to them, we understand them, so that we can pray on their behalf. Think about the congregation, your fellow members, those around you every Sunday. And in the spirit of Christ, sympathise with one another, caring for those who struggle, helping the weak, being patient and showing love to all and praying. That takes us to our third point. Christ has ascended into heavenly, into heaven's glory where, we, where he is dwelling with us by his spirit. we said that when someone moves away, relationships tend to suffer. We might have left, but everyone back home goes on with their daily lives, and so people end up drifting apart. Not so with us and Christ. That's because he's gone, but still very present. The Catechism says about Christ in answer 47, with respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace and spirit, he is never absent from us. That was a big concern of the disciples when Jesus went away. They felt like motherless children, students without a teacher, sheep without a shepherd. But Jesus quiets their concerns. He says in John 14 verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus knew how they feared that day of being all alone, helpless, with terrors on every side. But he won't leave them, he will come to them. The ascending Jesus tells his disciples that he will come to them through the spirit. And not just any spirit, it would be his spirit. He wouldn't send them a cheap souvenir by which to remember him by, but he would send them his own spirit, a spirit so connected to Christ, a spirit so full of Christ that it would be like Christ himself was still among them. This is how Jesus can say to his disciples without a word of exaggeration, just before he ascended, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28 verse 20. His beautiful name was and remains Emmanuel, God with us. It's a name that endures today. Though Christ is in heaven, by his spirit he is never absent. I am with you. The Catechism even says that Christ is with us in all his divinity, majesty and grace. Think about these words and what they say about the ongoing presence of Christ. His divinity is his being as the one true God, his holy character and power. His majesty is his awesome glory as the son of God, eternal, almighty, faithful, all wise and infinite. And his grace is the amazing disposition that he has towards sinners, compassionate, merciful, gentle and loving. Through the Spirit, we don't have some watered-down or diluted version of Christ, a shadowy version of the real thing, but the ascended Christ is present among us in all his divinity, majesty and grace. Though Christ is physically far away, his Spirit puts our hearts at ease, wherever we are, whatever we are doing. The Spirit tells us, remember that you belong to the Saviour, And he is with you always, even to the end. This is what the Spirit does best. He points us to the words of Christ. That is what Jesus promised in John 14, where we read in verse 26, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Christ knew that his disciples would soon get fuzzy on what God had promised. Isn't that true? We are chronically forgetful, often troubled by spiritual amnesia. We forget God's word. We listen to our own doubts or desires instead of giving ear to the voice of truth. That is why Christ sends his own spirit to teach us. The spirit will remind and assure us of his precious words. So when we seek the word, the Holy Spirit is ready to affirm and encourage us. When we search the scriptures day by day, the Spirit is ready to comfort us. When there's an open Bible, the Holy Spirit sees an open heart, one that is ready to receive the goodness of Christ. And through the Spirit, we hear the same voice of Christ calling us to come and follow him. For it is through the Holy Spirit, says the Catechism, that we seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Christ wants to change our earthly priorities. He wants to transform our vision of this world. The Spirit says that if Christ is our head, our king, our advocate, then we must learn to seek his kingdom and his righteousness alone. We seek Christ's kingdom because we know that he's coming back. He's coming down, not in humility, but in great glory and majesty. He will come again, says the catechism, to judge the living and the dead. He will descend again, the same man who laid down his life for us, the same one who has been blessing us and praying for us all these years. Only this time... He'll come as judge. And Christ will be the judge because the question of that final day will be this. How have people received Christ? During our short time on this earth, did we believe in him? Did we serve him? This will be the critical question, the one that decides eternity. What have we thought of the Christ? Did we know him? and serve him? If so, the judge will say, and I know you, come and enter the kingdom of my father. Amen. Let us now call upon God's name in thanksgiving and prayer. Almighty gracious God, we give you thanks for this Sunday that you've given to us, this first day of a new week on which we could rest, on which we could open your word and worship you. Worship you together as congregation. Worship our Lord Jesus Christ who is seated at your right hand Father indeed it gives us such great comfort, such great strength to know that our Saviour ascended into heaven Father at times we uh, might think what it would be like if our Saviour was still <coughs> here on earth where we could see him, where we could hear his words or see miracles, yet Lord we know that our Saviour ascended for our benefit, for the church's benefit and Father we pray that collectively as body we may always look up to Christ our head, uh, that indeed he may give us life, that he may give us truth, that he may give us purpose as we set our hearts and minds on the things that are above and not on the things of this earth. And Father, we pray that it may also take away our anxieties and our fears and our doubts as we reflect on our Saviour seated in heaven interceding for us. Father, so often we struggle in our prayers. We struggle to put into words what we're experiencing or what we're thinking. We struggle to focus. Uh, And so Lord, we pray that as we reflect on our Saviour's intercession, that it might give us great confidence uh, that indeed every moment of our coming week, we might just be a short step away from prayer, as we may give you thanks in all circumstances, as we may call upon you for help in time of need, as we may plead with you in time of temptation, knowing that we have a Saviour who sympathises with our weaknesses. And Father, we also thank you for that glorious truth that our Saviour did not leave us as orphans, but that he gave the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth to dwell in our hearts, to confirm to us the truth of the Gospel, to sustain us in our spiritual life. Lord, we pray, fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit uh, that indeed also during this coming week uh, we may be spiritually strong, that we may uh, live lives uh, that are devoted to you uh, and uh, in uh, humble obedience to your word. Father, we uh, also pray to you for the needs of our congregation. Uh, We pray that uh, we may be a congregation that is united in love, united in peace. We thank you that uh, today and also during this past week the various awards could uh, focus on the Bible studies to uh, dealing with the gift of peace, the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, we pray that we may have peace with you, peace in our souls, knowing that we are reconciled with you uh, and we pray that that may flow out in our lives, that we may be at peace with each other, looking out for the interests of one another, indeed placing the interests of others before our own. Bless the, the Ward Bible studies and we pray that they may also bring us together as, as fellow members as we uh, interact with each other. Uh, We also pray at this time for Reverend Poppy and uh, Amanda and his family. Uh, Bless Reverend Poppy as he considers the the calls that have been extended to him, give him wisdom. Uh, Father, we thank you for the many years of uh, ministry that we could uh, receive from Reverend Poppy. We thank you how he has uh, directed us to our Saviour, Jesus Christ, uh, how he's opened us, opened to us the, the scriptures week by week. Uh, Lord, we pray that it might be your will that his ministry here could continue. Uh, yet, Lord, we also uh, pray that your will be done. We know that each congregation uh, has need of a pastor, uh, and so we pray that you may uh, bless uh, also the churches that have uh, called Reverend Poppy. Also bless Dathan, give uh, to Dathan wisdom as uh, he considers the calls that he's received. We thank you for the the blessing that he could also be to us this past year. We thank you that uh, he's received these calls and we ask that uh, you may also guide uh, guide him and give him uh, wisdom uh, through your spirit. Uh, Father, we also pray for us as uh, individual members and uh, those whom we hold near and dear through the various uh, struggles and difficulties of life at times, uh, we pray for the father of Sister Rolinka DeVos, our Brother Hank uh, Swartz from Mount Azura, who's currently in ICU, suffering complications following prostate surgery. And uh, Father, we pray that you may bless the uh, medical treatment for Brother Swartz, and uh, we ask that his condition may also stabilise. Uh, that he might recover and return home. Also bless his wife and bless uh, Relinka and John and their family uh, also at this at this time of concern. And Father, we also pray for uh, the ruling authorities, the governments that you set over us. We could hear how our Saviour uh, rules over all things. He's the one who has also given authority to governments We pray especially during this coming week when we hear about laws that will be introduced into the WA State Parliament regarding abortion, uh, which is already so freely available, uh, yet these laws seek to uh, make it even more freely available. Even the last few remaining restrictions are sought to be relaxed or removed entirely. Father, we confess that you are the author of life, the giver of life, the God of life. Uh, And so we pray that uh, you might work in the hearts and minds of those in Parliament, that they might uh, indeed uh, see your ways uh, and uh, preserve life. Uh, Bless the efforts of those who uh, seek to petition, uh, who seek to uh, speak out against uh, this uh, new law, uh, and Lord, we pray that uh, your name may be glorified. Uh, Father, we pray that you may uh, forgive our sins of this uh, afternoon. Uh, we pray that uh, our worship may have been uh, of praise to you. Uh, we pray also that you may bless the collections as they are taken for the mission work. Uh, also continue to uh, bless that work also during this coming week. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So you now have the opportunity to give your gifts of thankfulness to the Lord. uh, And collections this afternoon are for the mission work in PNG. And after the taking of the collection, we'll sing hymn 40 verses 1 to 5, all five verses. you. Mm-hmm. lift up your hearts unto God, receive the blessing of the Lord and go in peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.